Hello and welcome to a Show Me Your News Network special. Today is September 9th, 2012, and as all of you are undoubtedly aware, this coming week will give us the launch details of the Nintendo Wii U. With the era of the 8th console generation upon us, we figured now would be a perfect time to take a look back at the life of the Nintendo Wii. I'm Darkrai, and with me today are the hosts of Show Me Your News and Read the Manual, Yoko and the Dobog. Hello. Hi. Cyberlink 420 was also going to be with us, because, you know, I wanted this to be a, a whole network thing. But unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, he was not able to make it. But Rest I think, in peace, Cyberlink. Rest in peace. What? I think a three-person three thing is going to work out nicely. So, right now, you are hearing part one of our Wii Retrospective cast, where we will be talking about the pre-release times of the Wii. And then we're going to release a new part of this for every day of the week. I think that's the plan, right? That sounds about right, yeah. Okay, so part one, which you're hearing right now, is going to be pre-release, which covers the very first announcement of the Nintendo Revolution, as it were, up to November 19th, 2006. Part two, which you should hear tomorrow, is going to be the early days of the Wii, where we're going to talk about when we got our Wiis, um, you know, how it sort of exploded as this cultural icon, and of course, the time where absolutely no stores had it. You just could not get it. <laughs> part three, part three, we're going to take some time to talk about the Wii library. We're going to talk about the games that we have, the homebrew scene a little bit. We're going to talk about our favorite games and our least favorite games. And then part four, we're going to finish off talking, talking about the more modern era of the Wii, the Dark Ages, as we kind of call it. It's going to be kind of a weak way to end the whole thing, but the Wii's life has kind of a weak end, too. So it's kind of a little symbolic, kind of a little, what else could we really do about it? So uh, before we begin, do either of you guys have any little things you want to say about the Wii? About the Wii, uh, I think I want to. I want. I like it too. I, I want to save you know most of that stuff for the end. I think to give it a proper send off. But I have very fond memories of the Wii, and uh, it's it's really meant a lot to me. So I appreciate being invited on to talk about this. Doba, how about you? I like my Wii. Uh, <laughs> I have two actually. <laughs> um, why, why do you have two? Now, actually, one of them, they're both family ways, but one of them nobody uses anymore. So it's basically mine. It stays in my room and all that. And the other is at my mother's house. They bought it uh, as a family, and it stays downstairs where nobody uses it because I'm the only one in my house that plays games. That's unfortunate. Well, so let's kick it off at E3 2005. Now, I know you and I are the same age, uh, so neither of us... I assume you probably didn't follow uh, gaming news too heavily at the time. Uh, Yoko, I remember. You really... I remember when it was called the revolution, but that's about it. Yeah, uh, Yoko, were you following the scene at all at the time? Well, not really. I mean, I got a GameCube in 2003, and I know that was when I was about 15, and so like that was my first video game console. That was a big deal. Uh, when I was younger because my parents did the whole oh need good grades and if you play video games you won't get good grades thing so we had to do this big convincing thing and it was big because we got to play Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube um, and you know we did GameCube for a while but you know I wasn't really so active on the internet as to you know find out the latest gaming news and know about this E3 thing so while I had heard about the revolution 
uh, it was time-lapsed in a way to the point where I had heard it later as opposed to when it was announced live. Yeah. 2005 was about the first time I started on the internet, but I was only about 12, I think. Not even, not even probably. So I, I, I'm not even sure I was aware that E3 was a thing back then. So I... I was Damn, kind of, I'm old then. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was kind of aware of the revolution. I knew it was a thing, but um, it wasn't until you know now when I recently went back and looked at the what E3 was like back then, and you know read up on it a little and heard other people talking about it that I started to really understand what was going on at the time. And the GameCube was also in a very interesting position because it was only four years old when they were already talking about its successor which given especially current console lifespans that's pretty early so Mm -hmm. it's it's almost a little bit like just declaring the gamecube almost a failure in a way and the same thing did happen with the gba you know gamecube and gba happened you know came out around the same time and the ds I think was out already in 2005. It was 2004 when it came out, yep. Did it? Yeah, so the GBA, you know, there's the whole story with the whole third pillar uh, that the Nintendo was trying to push. You know, it was in case the DS was, you know, just did not pick up and was a failure. They were going to say, well, you know, it was supposed to be the third pillar with the GameCube and Game Boy Advance. So they, you know, there wouldn't be, they wouldn't hit this huge brick wall. With the success for the sex, ah, with the success <laughs> with the sex, <laughs> with the sex, yeah, and you know the DS ended up skyrocketing with sales eventually, and they just left the GBA behind. So, given well, they that did that SP was, and the micro, but you know, the micro was actually announced <laughs> at E3 2005. Oh, so, the DS had been out for about a year by then. So it was I have very a friend with the micro. It's uh, I. I've never seen a micro firsthand before. They're smaller um, than you'd think. <laughs> it was 2005 but so, also the year uh, when Miyamoto came on stage with the classic, you know, Zelda Twilight Princess reveal? I. No, that was 2004. Because yeah. 2005 okay. was the first year that Twilight Princess was playable as a GameCube game. Okay. And as I understand it, it actually was not looking very good at the time. Uh, I remember hearing, uh, when I, going back looking at things, I remember people thought that it was, you know, it looked like it was having a very troubled uh, development at the time, which obviously, you know, we, we can argue whether it was one of the better games of the Zelda series, but at the very least, it ended up being a very good game. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. So, 2005, 2005, in addition to being the big announcement of the Game Boy Micro, ended up... Well, actually, it's very interesting how it happened, because it, it, it just so happened that uh, Nintendo had uh, a correspondent or something that they talked to in USA Today at the time. So you could have woken up the morning before the press conference started, opened up USA Today, and saw an article all about the Nintendo revolution that Nintendo was to announce several hours later. <laughs> and this this came out of absolutely nowhere. Like, as I don't believe Nintendo was telegraphing that they'd be revealing a new console at all. So it was kind of really shocking to most people that read that. And you know, at the time, uh, Microsoft was showing off the the Xbox 360, and Sony was beginning to talk about the PS3. 
So you know, you, one, one could assume that Nintendo just wanted something to bring to the table. And given what they showed, it was really, really obvious. Like, they, they came on stage and Iwata started talking about the Nintendo revolution and how it would be the next big thing that would revolutionize gaming. But they did almost nothing to really show us how it would revolutionize gaming. Like, he came out and he showed the physical case that the console would be. He showed us the physical console, you know, the white, the white box. Mm-hmm. When, and we could see the GameCube slots. We could see, you know, the little door that would open up. And there goes the SD card. But beyond that, Iwata just gave a bunch of really non-statements. Just, you know... Nintendo is always driving forward innovation, and uh, you know we're, that's what this console is all about. And the only actual details that they gave about the revolution at the time was that it would have virtual console. Hmm. And beyond that, really nothing. Which we gotta say, like that was a great idea. I was really virtual. excited when I heard about virtual console, actually. Because yeah, uh, I didn't, is, I didn't have a working 64 at the time, and I really wanted some of my 64 games back. So I was just, my head yeah. exploded. <laughs> the Virtual Console is where I've gotten to play a bunch of, you know, Super Nintendo classics. Like I never had a Super Nintendo uh, when you know there was already an NES in my house when I was born, and uh, I got a 64 when I finished preschool, and I just the Super Nintendo was never really a thing to me. Like I was. You know, as I went on, as I got older, I was aware of you know like Super Metroid, Mario RPG, those those games. But it wasn't until years, years later with Virtual Console that I ever played any of them. Now you're making me really sad that when I was born in '88, the NES was still a thing. It was in its limelight. So <laughs> the fact that I never gamed on a console until the GameCube. Well, you know, I take that back. Like actually owning one, because you know I played on. Uh, some Sega Genesis, some Nintendo 64 at, you know, friend's house and all that, or family. But to actually own a system, Game Boy Color aside, the fact that it took me that long is sad. Oh, it's... You know, being really into video games when you're, like, five years old is a very interesting thing. Because in addition to the great games like Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, you know, growing up with those games, you also grow up absolutely loving games like Mickey's Speedway USA. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. just think of the kids with Eminem Kart Racer now. Uh, probably, actually, I would not be surprised to hear that someone loves that game. I was actually just playing the, the demo to Iron Man Two before we started hmm. on the Xbox, and I was like, you know what, this is absolute shit. But someone somewhere believes this is their favorite game ever. Yep. So, you know, at the end of E3 2005, we knew basically nothing about the Wii. And it was that was actually just in general a very, very weird time, especially because of everything that was going on with the 360. Because the 360 had a lot of parallels with the Dreamcast, down to the fact that the very same presenter from the Dreamcast conference was talking at the Microsoft conference. <laughs> I think that was, what's his name? The guy that has Peter the tattoos. Moore? Peter Moore. I think that was him. Not 100% sure. But, you know, it was launching at the beginning of its console life. It was, you know, it was going to really pioneer online play, which Dreamcast was supposed to do. And they tried. And it had what, at the time, was a very weird controller, which, 
you know, if you kind of put them side by side, they're not that far removed from each other besides the screen in the middle of the Dreamcast controller. So, and, you know, they were both white cases at, at some point in their life. So, it, that was, with that and the revolution, the nondescript revolution that we knew really nothing about, it was very, very bizarre, as I understand it. So, you know, moving on past E3, it was in between E3 2005 and Tokyo Game Show 2005, where the the internet was just... You know, everyone on the internet learned to use Photoshop and started making mock-ups of what they believed this revolutionary controller would be. And I've actually seen a couple of them. Like, I, re- I think I remember seeing some way, way, way back in the day, having just started on the internet at that time. And I didn't really understand what they were. But looking back, I can just remember these weird shapes right next to the to the Wii console. And I've tried to go back and find some because... One sticks out in my mind that looks exactly like the Wii U gamepad. Really? And yes, it looked exactly the same. And mm. if because at the time they ha- they had just had amazing success uh, success with the Nintendo DS, so people were thinking, you know, they just made two screens work on a handheld. Why not on a console? Which actually makes it very interesting to see it actually happening now. Yeah. But so, you know, Photoshop was the whole big new rage at the time. And it was Tokyo Game Show where they promised they would reveal the actual controller for the Nintendo Revolution. And it's okay. It's probably not the best thing that I'm going to have to reference another podcast right now. But I believe what they what they had to say on this podcast sums up a lot of what happened later in the life. Sure. Um, I'm not saying like be totally exclusive to show me your news. Just listen to show me your news. Yeah, on uh, it was on Radio Free Nintendo when they were talking. When they did something very similar to this, um, and for their big 300 special, and a lot of them, you know, they they are for Nintendo World Report, which at the uh, at the time of the the Wii pre-launch time, they were actually the biggest Nintendo fans. Hmm. So uh, their site founder, his name's Billy Berghammer, he was actually at the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, and he got to actually use the Wii, con- the Revolution controller, as it was called at the time, um, a day before it was officially announced. And he had to sign his life away with NDAs for it. But right. you know, he said that he was trying it out. Um, and you know, there were a bunch of Nintendo executives there. Um, the uh, I think she's the vice president of marketing at the time, Perrin Kaplan. She was there. Yep. And you know, the one thing that he did when he was using it. I think sums up the entire, you know, what would go on later. What he did was he took the controller and he sat down on the floor, cross legs, and, and was playing with it. And, all, and the, the Japanese execs were looking at him like, well, what are you doing? That's, you know, that's really weird. And he said to them, well, this is how I usually play games. Hmm. And they, you know, they just, they, they just kind of smiled at him a little bit and they, you know, they clearly... We're like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. But you know, their attitude towards that um, is very telling for how the Wii would go forward. So it was, you know, Tokyo Game Show. We obviously all know what the controller was now, and it was the the, the remote. And I don't think at the time that they had really mentioned that it was going to be a motion controller. So. 
when the, when the news first came in to you know American media, the first thing they got before translating the actual reports was just the pictures, hmm. and it, it was just explosions. Like right then and there, people had decided Nintendo was dead, and it, and the 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 Wii Remote was definitely you know we we everyone knew that for better or worse this was definitely going to be a very very big thing for Nintendo so you know Tokyo Game Show show off the controller the we learn about the motion stuff and everything you know there's not too much to talk about there without you know treading on old ground you know because we we all know about the Wii we've all used it there's not much to talk about there but then we get to the point a bit between Tokyo Game Show and the E3 2006. I think it was in uh, I think it was in April beforehand mm-hmm. that we saw the first screenshots of a Wii game. And you want to take a guess what that was? Huh. Um. I'm going to guess Metroid. Yeah, I'm going to say Metroid, too. Actually, I think you'd say that because at the end of the E3 2005 press conference, Metroid was the only game that was announced for Wii, and we saw a little teaser trailer kind of at you know behind Iwata, who was talking. But no, it was not Metroid. It was actually a third-party game, and that game was Red Steel. Uh, yep, yep. It was, in, um, it was in a special report that uh, Game Informer had, and they had screenshots of it. That looked, you know, they the screenshots looked amazing, and they looking back, they are nothing what the game looked like. Like they, hmm. yeah, because I'm thinking of like the graphics of actually Red Steel and yeah. um, struggles. <laughs> yeah, looking back on it now, it was clearly pre-rendered. That was nothing like what the what the game looked like. And then between that and E3, Perrin Kaplan came out and in an interview with USA Today once again, it was the same the same author, she said that the Wii would have about two to three times the power of GameCube. Mm. Now, nowadays, if Microsoft were to come out today and say that the Durango is going to have about two to three times the power of Xbox 360, I think everyone would be pretty okay with that. Right. But at the time, the most recent gap that, they, that anyone had had in Nintendo was between the 64 and the GameCube. And then before that was the Super Nintendo and the 64. And then before that was the NES and the Super Nintendo. At the time, everyone was used to these huge gaps in graphical power at the time. So hearing that it would be two to three times as powerful, you know, people were like, you know, that's, that's almost nothing. Because everyone knew that that did not mean the games would look two to three times as good. And it actually turned out that uh, Perrin Kaplan was overstating it. Because mm-hmm. it turned out that the Wii actually has about 1.5 times the GameCube's power. Correct. But you know, at the, people at the time believed that you know they they were talking about has does Perrin Kaplan really know what she's talking about? Because they weren't sure, you know, because this this it it can't it couldn't have been true. There was no way that it would be a weak system like that. It was going to be so revolutionary. But it turned out to be far worse than we ever could have expected in that regard. <laughs> yeah. 
No, right, just back. two two GameCubes duct taped together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Heard it all before. But then that brings us to the turning point for everything. And that was E3 of 2006. Now, I went back very recently and I watched the first half hour, I want to say, of this conference. And, you know, watching the E3 2012 conference with uh, P.O., Mm-hmm. Was was very interesting because she, you know, in the middle of it, she said to me, you know, everyone says that Reggie is like this awesome, this awesome guy up there. And I, you know, I'm watching this and it's like, you know, he's kind of boring. And, you know, <laughs> now that I go back and look at it, you know, he is kind of dull sometimes. Yeah. Go back and watch E3 2006. Kick ass, take this names. Guy, this guy is pumped up. He knows <laughs> what he's doing. Like, I'm watching it. He's he's talking. Everything he's saying is a buzzword. He's talking about you know we're gonna get you know brand new people who've never played games before. You know, do you know anyone in your life that's never played a video game? Well, soon that time will be over. And I'm you know six years later, I know all of what he's saying is bullshit, and I'm getting so excited. <laughs> he's like, you know, yeah, I kind of do know a couple people that don't play games, and you know, it would be kind of cool to get everyone to play together. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't happen. I don't know. It's it for some, maybe not for you, but well, like E3 2006 was a very, very significant time, not just for Nintendo, but I think for E3 as a whole, because that Nintendo's E3 2006 was what I believe to be the first modern E3 conference, because before that they were press events. You know, like going. I've seen the E3 2001 video, and you know it starts out with. I don't, I don't know his name offhand, but he was uh, president of Nintendo of America at the time. Uh, Yamauchi? No, he was Nintendo of Japan. I don't know. Oh. Nintendo. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Uh, no uh, I'll probably look up his name. And, he, you know, at the beginning of the E3 2011, the 2001 press conference, he says, okay, guys, you know, we're probably going to get started in a couple minutes. And, you know, it's just such a contrast, that, that small little thing. You just, you know, think we're going to get started. It's so casual. Whereas now, they're rehearsed theatrical events. And E3 2006 was definitely the beginning of that. It starts out, you know, Miyamoto comes out on stage in tuxedo attire. And he starts, you know, conducting to Wii music. And let me tell you, right there, at that Wii, at that uh, 2006 press conference, Wii music looked just as bad as it actually turned out. <laughs> well, I was excited about it. I remember being really excited about Wii Music, but because I was doing well, like marching band and all of that. If you had seen this video, you would not have been, hmm. because I I I'm not sure they rehearsed it at all. Because you know they're playing the Legend of Zelda theme, and you know he's just you know it starts out pretty normal, and you know thinking you know, you you could conceivably think well you know maybe that's just a video and he's kind of miming along with it and then he starts moving his arms really slowly and it just suddenly gets to like a quarter of the tempo and then it will suddenly speed up to double the original tempo it oh it was bad it was at random points it it didn't turn out well but then like you know behind him you had Nate Bieldorf uh you know miming along to a video of Red Steel and you had um you had uh, what's his name, Bill Trinan, I think, mm-hmm. was playing. I I think something similar to Wii Sports. I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but you know, it was it, it would cut between, 
you know, the three of them with the videos of what they're doing, and they're on the stage getting really into it with all the motions and everything. And it's it's actually really exciting to watch. You know, because they're 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 really hyping this up, and I think that this that E3 2006 going back to Reggie, this is where you really see what Reggie's all about. Because Reggie is not really a game guy; he's a marketing guy. He started out working on VH1, so, and I think that the, that the Wii was an opportunity that he saw and had a lot to do with. But E3 2006. You know, we see everything. We see Zelda. We see Metroid. We see a little bit of Mario, kind of, not exactly. You know, we saw what would eventually become Mario Galaxy, but I think at that point we weren't really seeing the Galaxy part of it. And it was this huge, huge, huge blowout. You know, they they were talking about how everyone would be into this. We'd get everyone to play it. And they showed a video with, you know, everyone around the couch playing it. Like, with your mom and your grandpa and everyone. And looking back, it's very clear now what they were going for there. Especially with the commercials that eventually came out. The yeah, Blue so, Ocean? Yeah, the Blue Ocean strategy. Everything about the Blue Ocean. Um, so, it's. I think that kind of set the stage, if you look fast forward to Wii U. You know, we kind of all remember that big blowout, you know, those of us who do. And so when we had high expectations for Wii U and E3, we're like, all right, they're going to hopefully do something big just like they did with Wii, especially if it is Wii U, you know, blow it out. Let's see everything. And it's you know going to be about two months before the supposed launch, and we still know so little in comparison about Wii U. Yeah. Uh, Doba, did, I assume you went back and watched the 2012 conference eventually, right? Uh, parts of it, yes. What were your overall thoughts watching it? Because I know, Yoko, I take it that you were overall a bit disappointed with the presentation of it, even if you're a little optimistic about Wii U. Um, that's a good way of putting it. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna say. So, so I'm what gonna say think? I'm kind of. I'm gonna say I'm kind of in the same mindset there. Honestly, the whole conference as a whole was not very memorable to me. So honestly, I can't really tell you because. At first, the first information I got about the conference was through people's tweets, mm-hmm. but um, watching the videos, I don't know. I just I wasn't entirely impressed, but I'm looking forward to the Wii U, I guess. By yeah. the way, former president of Nintendo of America, Tatsumi Kimish- Kimishima. Okay, then uh, I must have I must have the wrong person in mind because he was definitely a white guy. <laughs> he was president. Oh no, wait. Because now it says he was president of Nintendo America from January 2002 to May 2006. So there was someone... I was looking at who you know, Reggie succeeded. Okay, so it you know, might have been president. It might, it might not have. I could have easily been very wrong. But, you know, if you go back, you, you, go, you go on YouTube, you can do a quick search for uh, E3 and the 2001 Nintendo press conference, and you'll see them announcing the GameCube. Uh, right, right. And... And first of all, you can see it wasn't a big theatrical production. Like they, they did make a bit of a spectacle of having, you know, bringing out the GameCube, having it on stage and everything. But they, you know, it was not this huge uh, rehearsed thing. Right. So that was the ridiculous E3, which, you know, given more current E3s, I think it, it, that was 
the reason we are so disappointed with modern E3 is because that was yeah. the, that was the first year that was really televised to a wide audience. So they wanted to make it a big deal. And and now uh, checking in with Sony in 2006, Ridge <laughs> Racer. Yeah, I think I think Sony kind of wanted to make it that, but you can kind of tell watching clips from their press conference last year that they were still in the old mindset back then. So, I've, and I, I, right now I see E3 moving back into the direction of being more of a calm, uh, reserved press event. Yeah. As opposed to the big uh, theatrical blowouts. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just happened kind of suddenly and we weren't all really in the mindset to get used to it. Mm-hmm. We got spoiled. Yeah. Um, I think that I want to save the big, uh, co- the like the big cultural splash that we made to part two, mm-hmm. so that we can talk about it alongside, you know, when when we managed to get our Wii's, how it, be- how it became this big, uh, this big, uh, the basically the new tickle me Elmo that everyone wanted that no one could find. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about all of that at once. So I think we'll wrap up part one for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a good um, you know idea of what you know the history was before uh, the Wii U hit the scene, and it's really all about yeah you're right it's all about E3 and what it was back then, and yeah. you know just just you know, saying all these you know sort of non things like the you know three times as powerful or whatever or yeah. All that. Yeah, I, I th- and I, th- I think you two will also be able to talk a bit more about it since you know that you know I read up on E3's past, but none of us experienced all that. And the early days of the Wii, for you know, to whatever degree, are something we all definitely like. Not just us, but everyone in the world, I think, felt to some degree. So mm-hmm. you know, we can definitely talk about our experiences there uh, all together better than we did now. So um, that's the end of part one right now. And uh, I didn't plan this outro at all, so we will return tomorrow to talk to you about the very early days of the Wii, the launch, the cultural icon, and you know the the first games that came out, the first big games that established what the Wii was about. So we'll see you tomorrow. And for now, I'm Darker Eye. I'm Yoko. I'm Litabaga. And we're out. <laughs>